Hey, you're listening to Chew on That. Here's what we're chewing on today. I'm going to say some things today that possibly you've never heard before. I've checked them all with your pastors. They're okay with it. Uh, if anything I say upsets you, email them. And, uh, but we trust each other because we're family. Um, and uh, today we're going to talk about why Jewish context matters. There is a context to the scriptures that is first Jewish in origin. Um, and we're going to put some Jewish context back into the person of Jesus. We're going to put Jewish context back into the New Testament. Some people treat the New Testament like it's the Christian Bible and the Old Testament is, or the Hebrew Scriptures, but the truth is they're all the Hebrew Scriptures, including the New Testament, uh, because there's only one story. And it's a story that continues um, even into today. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay, and you're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from a current sermon series happening at Life Church. And in fact, this week, it's actually a one-off with our friend Rabbi Matt Rosenberg talking about why the Jewish context matters to Gentiles. And joining me today is my very good friend, Pastor Sonny Hennessy. Say hi, Sonny. Hello. Sonny. I said, I said, Sonny. <laughs> anyway, super glad that you're here today. Like, I feel like it's been a long time since we did a podcast together. I invited together. myself. You totally did. Yeah, I was like, they said, hey, try to find yourself a guest for this uh, podcast. I'm like, okay, I'll see what I can find. And then never mind, Sonny's doing it with you. So I think that's great. I, I want to talk about, I am a geek about yeah. this stuff. I love it. Yeah, and that's a relatively like recent thing for you, right? Like, last couple of years for me, for Sean, it's been like seven. Hmm. Tell me more about like how it happened for you. I went to Israel. Mm. That'll That'll change everything. Yeah. And yeah. I was reading the guide going to Israel that they send you. That's like, don't be concerned about the armed Israel, Israel soldiers. Yeah. Like they're going to have machine guns. And I just kept reading about that. And I was not even getting beyond that part of the Israel trip that, yeah, we're going to the middle East. Yeah. Like it's going to feel like Iraq. Yeah. You get there and you barely notice those soldiers. Mm. Um, there's points you see them like around Jericho, yeah. but that's Palestinian run territory. But I was like, whoa, we came to the Holy Land. Uh, so when I got there, there is a presence. Mm. There is a, every city and every country has a spirit. People yeah. don't always know that, but it's true. And there is the spirit yeah. in the Holy Land. Mm. I love that. So today uh, we're talking about uh, Rabbi Matt's uh, sermon and uh, he spoke for this, today is Monday when we're recording this. And so it was just yesterday that he was here. And I remember I was like running a thousand errands. Like I had a ton of stuff to do yesterday. And so like I, I poked my head in just to get a glimpse of him because like we're friends. And so like I didn't get to see him all week. And anyway, and so one of the security guys was standing by the door. He's like, yeah, doesn't look anything like I thought he'd look like. <laughs> I'm like, what did you think he was going to look like? I guess I thought he'd be taller. And so, which reminded me of an episode of a pastor and rabbi walking to a bar that just got released on Friday, uh, where we talk about how like uh, like Jewish people like the it's just a it's a diminutive uh, culture ethnicity. I don't know how mm. to say that now without seeming like I'm a bigot, but like we <laughs> talked about because he was talking about how Napoleon, although short, was actually really tall for a Frenchman. But mm. anyway, so that was. If you want to know more, go find a pastor and rabbi back in the yeah, bar that's because a, you, you can binge listen that yeah, right now. You could totally do that. They've yes. never been released until yeah. Friday. Yeah, I love that. And so, like, we spend the first, I don't know, 
half of it just talking about stupid boy things and then but then like on the turn of a hat that's not the saying at all that's like having crow on your face yeah that's i said the- today in staff <laughs> meeting, is that crow on your face yep. i had to look to or is you. it eating egg yeah well, I mean, but a crow on your face would be pretty it actually big. reminds me of a, like there was this meme like of a girl on a roller coaster remember this or like one of those yep. like <laughs> something- <laughs> like right into her yeah. face yep. that's what i pictured so that's crow on your face anyway Matt's so good, mm-hmm. you know, at this. And so the whole sermon's great. If you can find a way to find the sermon, I believe it's on our um, Facebook. Facebook and on our YouTube channel, I yeah, think. probably and our so, website. Yep, it's mm-hmm. definitely worth finding because it's so, so good. So rather than just bore you with a bunch of stuff that, that we have to say, let me just, um, let me play for you uh, the first soundbite. It, it's not even that Jesus was Jewish. It's that he still currently is Jewish and sits at the right hand of the Father and is still very much alive. And people ask often, how can you be Jewish and believe in Jesus? And it's funny because the the disciples of Jesus could have never imagined a question. In fact, in the book of Acts, they ask the opposite question. The flip of the question is not, how can you be Jewish and believe in Jesus? The question is, how can someone be a Gentile and believe in Jesus? Yeah, I love that. Because I I feel like, at least for, I think, both of us growing up in the Assemblies of God and that whole sort of thing, you know, Jesus was a pretty white dude. Like, it was like, you know, he was ours. And like... And it's not, that's not at all. We're immigrants to the word. We're immigrants to this faith. We're outsiders looking in. Mm-hmm. And just like so much else in our world, like we just try to like, oh no, it's all about us right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's all, and like, nope, never that way. Well, and he, I don't think this is one of your sound bites, but he said, you know, Jesus never came to the United States. <laughs> yes, right. Because there wasn't, <laughs> there the, wasn't he, he, the furthest he went was Egypt. Right, yeah. And even then, he was like a little teeny tiny kid, right? Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, it yeah. was to flee. Right, yeah. And Joseph was like, we're headed there with our baby. Yeah. Yeah, so our concept of Jesus has been um, Anglicanated. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like how you make up words, so I made yeah. that up. So it's, I mean, we've heard that, I'm sure, besides from Rabbi Matt about the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. Right. We understand that he was Middle Eastern. He was from Israel. Uh, but the context of he's still a Jew. Right. Gosh, if we could, but we get kind of inward focused and we, we like familiar. Right. Right. And I think that's the best thing. And of course I don't want to make this a commercial of go to Israel because right now we're still trying to figure out how to travel and all of that. Um, but to go there is to realize it's one of the smallest places on earth, but did you know, geographically Jerusalem is the center of the earth. Come on. Yeah. People don't know that. And then the sliver of where he was from and Galilee, this, the sea of Galilee is like Lake Shano. Yeah. Right. Maybe even like not as long. Yeah. Yeah. So when they say, could anything good come of Nazareth? I've been to that little village and actually it was like being from, sorry guys, like Manitowoc. (laughs) Yeah. If you're from Wisconsin, oh, and then Steve Avery. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like Nazareth was like, oh, that's kind of the the place that you don't really right. want to be from if you're from this this country. And so, yeah, we we have tried to make him whatever we 
envision feels safe. Yeah. And, and I, he's I, Jewish. And I get that. Like mm-hmm. I get, you know, when you think about like Renaissance art and you think about Mary and Jesus and then all those paintings and all those sculptures, like they're like, they couldn't be more, you know, Euro, right? Mm-hmm. They just couldn't be like narrow faces and narrow noses and, you know, high cheekbones and blue eyes. And, you know, like I get, I, I get the idea that we, could feel closer to him somehow by seeing him as us. So maybe there was this thing in the 1100 and 1200 where that made more sense. But like, we talk about this all the time. Like, I want to know what he like looked like, looked like. Like, I don't want to like try to reimagine him as me. Mm-hmm. I want to reimagine me as him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, I'm, I'm not the model. So don't, I'm not trying to try to re shape Jesus into my image. I'm like made in his image. So give me more of that. So we talk a lot here about, you know, this recent, you know, series uh, from Dallas Jenkins, uh, The Chosen. And like, you know, even Jim Caviezel in The Passion of the Christ. The Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. Somebody's like that and The Temptation of Christ, like mixed up and those Mm -hmm. are two totally different movies. But anyway, the, you know, even Jim Caviezel, while they tried to make him look Mm -hmm. sort of Middle Eastern, you know, even then he's still just a white guy, Mm -hmm. right? But this Chosen, like I love, like give me that, Mm -hmm. you know, because I need to shape myself into that. Yeah. And, and we need to, you know, we're in a world right now where it's like, we need to be inclusive and, and there's all these terms and we need to know the real history. And I think that's what yesterday was hopefully to spark in our people here in Green Bay and beyond that listen to Life Church or watch it to realize that if, if we're like, eh, the Bible, eh, yeah. okay, well, if you were to understand it from the Jewish context, which Get a get the TLV. Get the mm. the TLV version. What does that stand um, for? The mm-hmm. I'm gonna Google it while you're okay, talking. Okay, yeah, you Google it. Uh, Sean preaches from that. I use that a lot. Uh, Matt uses that a lot. Uh, TJV. TJV. The Jewish version, or TLV. I think it's TLV. <laughs> um, yeah, you should find that out. Yeah, just keep talking. The point is, is and even a study Bible that will get you further and deeper into the real meaning rather than scratching the surface. Uh, for instance, yesterday after service, Rabbi Matt was talking to um, Keith and I about uh, when, where we go when we die. And people wonder, do we see our loved ones? Do we wait in Abraham's bosom? Bosom. Yeah. Do we, you know, because there's, if you're Catholic, you believe there's purgatory. And if you believe Abraham's bosom and there's all this, here's the thing. When you die, it's not like there's the, you stand before Jesus at death and then you stand before Jesus at the judgment seat. And at the end of the time, when the revelation, when revelation talks about, what it talks about. Time is not chronological for God. Right. So when we die, we may be facing the judgment throne that we stand before God the same time as someone who dies 30 years before and the same time that someone dies three centuries before. Right. Do we, so it's like, well, do we go somewhere to wait? No, we show up at the time frame that God is above and beyond time that is the end, air quotes, of time as we knew it. Right. Like that kind of thing is different than how do we put the Bible down into our terms of how we understand time and space. And just that is us is us thinking because in how we learn that is that the Jews have been contemplating that since 
um, the beginning. And, and so we have, here's what happens in Christianity. We like to, and, and Matt said this, we like to come to conclusions and then get to walk out the door, check the box. Okay. We understand that. Right. Even alpha, what you lead, it is still trying to come down to, okay, what did we decide upon that question? Right. And the Jewish people see it as, and if you've ever had a conversation with Matt, it's so difficult to have a conversation yes. with Matt because they're, Matt just refutes everything you say and then says some things, but then leaves more questions. So we, as Gentiles, we say, well, then does that, and we ask him a question and he refutes it. Because a Jew, we had a, a tour guide, Ruti, that we got as our second, a second time as a tour guide. And everything I asked her or said, she refuted. Even when I was like, let's go to that McDonald's. No, yeah. the Jews start with no. Because the whole point is, let's talk about the scripture and we can't come to a solid conclusion because we're finite people. Yeah. God is bigger than that. And your your discussion leaves more questions. Right. But we as Gentiles want to get to conclusions. And that's why we're struggling now in this world because especially in the United States, we want conclusions and truth. And believe me, I, I get we want truth we just have to like close the loop. Our brain wants to close the loop and the Jews go, we don't get to close the loop. Yeah, it's not closable. I feel like that's a cultural thing. That's yes. a Western cultural thing. And that might sound like, oh, you're talking highfalutin. And I don't think that's true at all. Like, mm -hmm. but we just think everything like white Jesus, like our way of thinking about time or our way of thinking about, I don't know, discussion or the Bible. Or marriage or, or do dogs right. go to heaven? It's right. like, we need an answer. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so like, and we, it's, so it's, we're ones and zeros. It's either on or it's off. It's yeah. either black or it's white. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in the Middle Eastern culture and Asian cultures and in African culture, listen, there's a whole world besides our Western culture. And to think that we've got, like everything has got to apply to us. In fact, nothing applies to us. And, and we have to be okay walking out of church with more questions than answers. Yeah. But what we want to do is help our people close the loop and have the answer. And that's not actually what God called us right. to. Faith is taking a leap to believe in a God we can't put in a box. And the Jews are completely comfortable with that. I think about how people always want to sit down with you and Sean. Hey, I really need to get a meeting with Sean. Thinking that Sean could only be the leader of a church or the leader of a big church or leader of a popular church or whatever, if he'd had it all figured out and because he's got all the answers. And the fact of the matter is that no one has all the answers. In fact, that's, we should create a culture where people know that God wants us to be asking the questions yes. because if it's something that we could just check the box that you alluded to, or just say that I've got this accomplished, mm -hmm. then like, oh my gosh, how much does that minimize God? Boring. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I know we need to get to the next clip, but let me say this. For instance, when you said that about Sean, if I can sit down with him, I'll get the answer. Okay. But here's the real deal. God, I think has put Sean in a place of authority in his pastoring because Sean has all the questions. Right. For instance, we're looking up at the sky the other night and he goes, I wonder if we'll get to heaven and realize Jesus was the North star. Cause it's the only star that doesn't move. Mm. And I went, you think that like, I'm, you know, I look yeah. at him, I'm like, oh, you have the conclusive evidence and proof. And he's like, right. no, I'm, I have no idea that just, but when we watch the shack, which Christians, some really holy Christians really refuted. Right. And the guy's like, I was just trying to write a book for my kid. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he's the one that came up with the the term for holier than thou people that oh, is yeah. not nice yeah. um, because he had Christians attack him. But what, 
what Sean and I had talked to be- about before we saw the shack and then he did this in the shack is that they are saying there are more stars added to the galaxy every year that they find more and more stars. It's like, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And Sean and I had talked about are those souls. Mm. And, and so I had said that to Matt yesterday. And so then on the shack, it showed as these souls went up, right. to, they became stars. Well, I say that to Matt yesterday and I'm like, he is a Jewish rabbi. Oh, yeah. He can give me the answer. He goes, well, you know, we don't have souls. Shut up. You just made it more complicated. He's like, we have bodies and our bodies, we will have new bodies. So this whole, he said, that's a, a um, Pluto is the one who came up with the whole idea. Not Hebrew, the Hebrew people, the Israelite people did not come up. It was Plato who came up with the concept that we have souls. He said, the Jews believe And this is why it says we'll have new bodies. We are a body that will have a glorified body. Right. I'm like, so what are you, what are you saying? I thought our souls leave our body in the grave and go up to, and that's where we got into. Well, when is time, why is our body waiting in a grave, but our soul went to heaven again, because we think we figured out time and the end of time is revelation. But it's like if you've watched any of those movies where there's like parallel universes and yep. the time the time is like, is that in the past or the future? Right. It our when we die, our body becomes a glorified body and meets the creator for eternity. There is no waiting in the body in the grave. Right. I'm like, what? Yes. He's like, yeah, they don't believe in souls. We yeah. don't believe in souls. Yeah. I'm like, well, Christians believe in souls. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. That's just an example. Right. More that's questions than answers. Right. That's just something that we've been taught, yep. right? Since, right. Easy, since, check since the box. Play so right? And then like, yep. right. Yeah. You know, yep. so like we just think that, okay, well, I can color that in. Mm-hmm. And then that's just not how it works at all. Like I always lean on Matt when like someone asks me a really deep question that I can't figure out the answer to. And you barely get an answer, don't you? Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I asked him because we, someone was struggling with time and the creation timetable and everything else. And I said, so like, what's my answer here? Like, I just want to have a good answer. He said, why does it matter? <sighs> okay. Like, so then you have to like, now it's good. Now I know it's going to be a 45 minute conversation with Matt. And he's like, listen, they, God created the sun and the moon by all standards, like how we measure days, the passage of days mm-hmm. and nights. He created in the third day, the third air quotes day. So like, how did we measure that time in day one and two? Right. So like, we just, we <laughs> want, we, we want to like, we want to have an answer to everything. Mm-hmm. And God's like, so not answerable, like so not. Mm-hmm. And like, and I love it that way. Mm-hmm. I need it that way. Well, and for you, I remember when you told me that's the answer Matt gave you, why does it matter? And and he's given Sean and I that answer before too. We're like, somebody asked this, he goes, why does it matter? And I'm like, is that how we can answer the emails? <laughs> Cause that would be way quicker. Yes. Why does it matter? <laughs> See you Sunday. <laughs> so good. That's hilarious. I love every part of that. <laughs> so what's funny is there's like white Jesus and there's black Jesus and there's uh, a Korean Jesus and there's a Jesus for every culture. And it's human nature to want to uh, impose our image on him, but that's not actually how it works. He is a person who is also God, but he is still a person. And if we want to have a relationship with a person, we have to know about them. We have to know about their people and their history and why they do the things that they do, why they choose the things that they choose. And it's human to try to make everything 
look like us, but during his time on earth, Jesus never spoke English. Some of you have never thought that before. He spoke Hebrew, Aramaic, some Greek, probably some Latin. He lived in the land of Israel as an observant Jew and rabbi. He never visited the United States because it didn't exist yet. And the furthest he ever traveled from home was Egypt. Yeah, I love that. Well, I'm glad he got to quote me. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I, I, I feel like that's... Um, it's more of what we were talking about, about how we want to put Jesus in our context and not try to understand him in his context. You know, if we could just do this for a year, if we could study the character of Jesus rather than study all the subsidiary parts of the Bible, like why are we talking about creation? Yeah. Why are we even talking about Peter? Why yeah. are we talking about Paul? Right. Why, if we could just study the character of Jesus, but what we want to do is go, well, that's Jesus. He's awesome and he's God. So I can't be him. But I mean, that's why we wear the, what would Jesus do bracelet? And what was it that Matt said? And it's probably the next clip you're going to share that he asked his dad. Yeah. And his dad's like, he'd go to synagogue. Did you, did you put that in the next that's clip? Not, not okay. Well, clips. I didn't want to spoil that too. <laughs> um, he, yeah. Matt showed on the screen. What would Jesus do bracelet? And he, his dad was like, what's that? His dad is Jewish, 100%. Well, and did you know this? There is no half Jew. So like, you can't become a Jew. Cause I told Matt, I'm working on becoming, like I'm almost there. He's like, he just shakes his head. That's like me saying I'm Latino. Like you can't become Latino, right? Well, I said, so your mom is Italian. So you're half Jew. He goes, no. He said, I'm Jew. And then he said, this wasn't in the sermon. This was at my house yesterday with the other, some pastors around us. He said, there is no half that I'm Jew. And he said, and God made it that way. Because if you look in the patriarchs in all of the Bible, rarely did someone important in the Bible, a Jewish person in the chosen line of Israel, marry someone who was a Jew. God's purpose was to have them marry a Gentile or marry a this or that or whatever the tribe at the time. Yeah, yeah. Because the goal was to multiply and to make more people can become grafted into this. And then their children are Jewish lineage. They don't have to be, well, I'm half Jew. Like right now I'm half white, I'm half black. Well, which one do you want to identify with? No, like you're now the Jewish bloodline and God made that easy. And I thought that was super cool. But when he said in the message, his dad said, what is that? And he said, well, it's what would Jesus do? His dad said, he'd go to synagogue. (laughs) Now he didn't really unpack more. Yeah, I wanted to know more. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I want you to give what you think that meant because this is what we're supposed to do when yes. we're talking like we're Jewish. We yep. just create more questions. I thought I think his dad's point was Jesus couldn't get enough. I mean, Jesus was God, and mm. he couldn't get enough. Yeah. And if we could study the character of Jesus, and he went to synagogue, and our Greek Roman right. inspired. Western is the church. Yeah. That's the synagogue to us. Yeah. We'd go to church. Yeah. What if people went to church for a year? They they studied the character of Jesus and for a year they went to church and they didn't miss unless it was vacation. It was two weeks. What would their life, what would their kids like? I was in church until I was about like fifth grade. And then my parents just got out of church. And then I tried to get myself to youth group at the time when it's the hardest 
and I would try to get myself to youth group, but I was out of church for most of my middle school and high school years. Mm. Think if parents had their children and their teenagers and themselves in church for an entire year. And they're like, we're not missing. Yeah. Jesus would go to synagogue. Yeah. Jesus would go to synagogue. Yeah. I feel like when I, when he said that his dad said that I felt like Jesus would like, cause when I think about the things that Jesus said that we have an account of in the Bible, I feel like, he often talked about how, um, like he would often have discussions about the law and about everything else. And like Jesus would just embrace his Jewishness. Jesus would embrace his heritage. And that and it, it had nothing to do with laws. It had nothing to do with religiosity. It had nothing to do with, you know, rituals. It just had everything to do with like embracing the fact that he was part of the chosen nation, right? And like, so, you know, if you know me, you know that I wear a WWJD bracelet. And like, I wear that as a reminder to me. Again, sorry, I just snorkeled, that was I snorkeled right into the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> um, we all have a cold at our house. And it's mm. Anyway, um, and so I want to make sure that that's the filter through which I, I do everything. Like, I want to like, I want to talk to the lady at McDonald's like Jesus would talk to the lady at McDonald's. I want to drive like Jesus would drive. I want to, you know, it did Jesus never drove, right? Cause he never came to America. Cause apparently I don't know why I said that, but anyway, my point is, is that, you know, and Jesus was Jewish and Jesus would be fully Jewish. And so when I think about what Jesus would do, I need to like, um, uh, uh, um, replicate that as much as I can in my life. And so I'm not going to go to synagogue. And, uh, and even then, if I were to go to church, I'm not going to go to church just to say that I've gone to church. I want to go to church because I've got questions. I want to go to church because I need to immerse myself to your point. Sorry, to your point about like, what if you just came to church for a year? That's about immersing yourself in a Jesus culture with Jesus people, right? And like, how would that change you? Sean told our kids this Sunday, because they went to a church, not our church. They were not in Green Bay this Sunday. And they went, he went to a church and our kids can be critical as can Sean and I. We go to a different church and we're like, the greeters were not as fist bumpy and kind as ours. And the parking lot team was not as whatever. And so he had a conversation after and he's, they, um, they're like, why can't we just watch Life Church online when we're not there? And he said, if we've learned anything in this pandemic, and I know this is us backtracking because yeah. we were like, you don't need a building. You know, yep, we did that yep, whole thing. Yep. Um, but what we learned is, no, you don't need a building, but you need to get it with people. If you if we couldn't have gotten a building, we needed to find a beach in Door County to gather. You have yep. to get with people. And what he he told me this on, on Marco Polo or on the phone after he told the kids this, he said, if we learn one thing, it's that it it isn't the same to watch online. You've got to get with people because he said, your spirit connects with other people's spirit. And what's interesting about a synagogue versus a church, very similar in terms of there's a pulpit or a podium. Right. We actually got to see the Magdala one. There's the remains of the Magdala. Like the big giant shark? No, not Magdala. Mary Magdalene. Oh, okay, gotcha. So people came, their last name typically was of... Megalodon. Meg- I feel like Megalodon was like the big giant yeah. prehistoric, sorry. Yeah, I don't know that because I'm too young. Um, this is. I didn't meet the Megalodon. Okay. It was like a movie or yeah, something. Yeah, an old movie is my point. Anyway. So Mary, Mary Magdalene was Mary of Magdala. Right. So we saw in Israel, it's next to the Sea of Galilee, the city of Magdala. And there's still the synagogue remains. It's probably the only synagogue in all of Israel that 
they found the original and mm-hmm. it had a podium or a pulpit, but it's was stone. It's built in. Unlike ours, we move it in and out for yep. worship, but there's that. And that's where they set the scrolls. Right. And then it's similar in that it's a rectangle building that tends to be longer from the pulpit where you can then sit and listen, but then it wraps all the way around. People sit in a circle, which is interesting because yes. we talk a lot about around tables and circles right. and we need to do it not rows. Well, they did it in rows. It's just, there were usually two or three layers, almost like an old school gymnasium of cement, Right. you know, where yep. you can lean in your girlfriend's right. lap, you know, yep. if she sits behind you, I don't know if they did that. So it's like a little, like a little gym gymnasium really with these bleachers made of concrete or stone is what it would be. And the pulpit is, is in one area. Jesus would have went to synagogue to learn from the ancient scrolls. You don't touch those. There is a whole ceremony to to bring the scrolls out. We went to um, Rabbi Highland's church. It's called Big Tikva in in Seattle. Him and Matt know each other. They introduced us. And Highland showed us the ceremony of how they bring the scrolls out. It's a little different than how we treat our Bible. They bring the scrolls out. You can't touch them. It's still made put on calfskin. Jesus would have went to synagogue because he would have wanted to read the Holy Scrolls and hear about them. And he would have wanted to circle up with people yeah. who wanted to learn about the scrolls. You cannot bypass what synagogue or church does for our spirit. We connect our spirits with those in literal circle, or even if we're in rows, they were still in some form of roles in the rows in the synagogue. So we can't say church is irrelevant. We don't sit in rows. Well, they did. They also sat and, and like, we want, we want to make life easier on ourselves. And if you know a Jew, their life has been hard and they're not looking to make Jesus make their life simpler. That's why they don't end with an answer. They end with even more questions. That's why the synagogue was important and the church is important. Okay, I know we need to move on. (laughs) You're funny. Megalodon was a movie from 2018, by the way, the Meg. Okay, well, you win. You win that. I always win. I just want to tell you- You close the circle, Gentile. Okay. (laughs) I just want to tell you that the tree of life version is the version you're talking about. That's the messianic Jewish. Thank you. So it is TLV. TLV, the tree of life version. Get that people. Yeah, for real though. Like, yeah. They say Yahweh instead of Jesus because Yahweh means, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, because really, uh, can we just talk about this for a second? Mm -hmm. Because again, there'll be people that talk about um, the high church model, the church that we've come to understand what church looks like. And we think that that's, now, there's nothing wrong with that, but we come to think that that's how Jesus would want it done. And then we think about, uh, like, the Bible, and we think about, boy, it's got we got to go as far back as the King James Version, because, like, that's when, in King fact— King James did that. Right. That was, like, 500 years yes. ago. That's not, like, far enough back. And so when we talk about the Tree of Life Version, we talk about even the message, right? Like, some people will, like, scoff at the message and say, oh, you're ridiculous for reading the message. Listen, I think Jesus would want me to understand him in yeah. a way that I can understand yeah. him. He doesn't want me to read a book that's— in. Like Shakespearean, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And the, the, you know, so and he doesn't want me to go to church in such a way that I feel like I can't touch anything or I can't move anything because this is a super holy, you know, something place. And the holiness has nothing to do with the architecture, or nothing to do with the furniture. It's got nothing to do with boxes here or candles there or bells there or incense things. That's got nothing to do with the holiness or the sacredness of the space. The sacredness is like your connection with God, and oftentimes it happens with your connection with other people who are there. And if you're going to a church where you just like sit down and like look at the back of 
someone's head and then you leave. And felt nothing. Right, and felt mm-hmm. nothing. Well, well, that's the thing. You know, the synagogues were patterned after the um, the tent and where the Ark of the Covenant did contain the presence of God with the children in the, of right, Israel. Right. They it contained it, so when they they couldn't even enter into the holy of holy places. Now we get to because of Jesus, and He tore the cloth of the yes. temple, the curtain. We have access to have that, but there's there is a difference. Now there is a difference from me having that time in my bedroom with Jesus in my prayer closet that is so powerful. We get to enter the Holy of Holies if we access it. But there was there's also something significant that that he even went to synagogue which which was a a version of the whole tent yes. of, of tabernacle and the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was so when we get to church now and we've got 900 people in our auditorium and there's a worship team, here's what we're doing. We're making it the message Bible. It doesn't make it wrong. Right. And some people will choose a church that's smaller or around tables. That's great. We're making it a version like a synagogue was a version of the tent. Yes. And when the people are up there singing, it's just a different version of how, you know, Rabbi Matt finished the, with the benediction in a Hebrew, what he called a chant. Right. Well, it's singing, but now we do it with all these electric guitars right. and we sing and we sing sometimes it's from scripture, it's from Proverbs or Psalms. Um, so anyway. So I would just I would just close that. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's important to find a translation of scripture that's meaningful to you and yes. a way that people worship a church, a denomination, yes. uh, you know, like that that's... Bible believing and Christ following, find one mm-hmm. that is comfortable for you where you connect. Like there's nothing, there's no church denomination, despite anything that someone might say, that's higher or more superior or closer to God than another. As long as they're Bible believing and Christ following and Christ loving and disciple making, that's it. Those are the parameters. And so if it's doing that, then find a place where you can resonate. Yeah. Don't feel like you've got to go to a place like because your mom and dad went there. Right. Like that doesn't And then mean, you're not feeling a thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He wants us to feel the things. Yeah. And Jesus takes the Hebrew scriptures that he knew and grew up with, and he carries the story forward in the Gospels. And they, the Gospels tell the story of Yeshua, and the book of Acts tells the story of the disciples and them preaching. It's, it's a pattern of that the Jewish disciples of Yeshua took so seriously that Thomas went to India and Matthew went to Ethiopia and Andrew went to Greece and James stayed in Jerusalem and Matthias preached to the whole coast of the Caspian Sea and Thaddeus went to modern day Lebanon. Why did they go where they went? Because they understood their mission and their mandate was to go tell everyone that the gods you worship are no gods at all. And that there's only one God who created the heavens and the earth. And that one God who created the heavens and the earth is the God of Israel, the God of the Jewish people, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of David, who sent his descendant, Yeshua, to save us so that we could tell the whole world that you will only find salvation in one name. It doesn't matter what language you say his name in. There's only one name under heaven. Yeah, you know, downtown we've got this thing where we have tried to distill the the notion of our instruction from Jesus. And so we have this, uh, it's on our t-shirts and everything. It just talks about how we should love and love and go. About how, 
you know, we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul, which is something that Jesus said, but because we've learned that Jesus never said anything new, what he was really doing was remixing something that is in the Old Testament, right? What we call the Old Testament, like in the original scripture, right? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then second was to love our neighbors as ourselves, right? Again, nothing new, like that's in the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament, right? And then go and make disciples of the nations and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what those apostles of Yeshua, those disciples of Yeshua went out and did. And like, and it, it, like by all accounts, the fact that that this faith, what we call the Christian faith, could like grow so fast mm-hmm. and in such a prehistoric time, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they had boats and tablets, right? Like, I mean, not our kind of tablets, like iPad tablets, but like stone tablets and papyrus and everything else, right? And like that they can make this grow like that without 24-hour news channels and social media is like astounding. Yeah. And it is it a, it's a tribute not only just to the disciples, but to the truth of that word. Mm-hmm. And so like we've got all the things we need to do the same. But so many of us think that our job is just to make sure that we get ourselves squared away. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, what's what Matt unpacked for me that, I mean, I thought I knew the answer to this because Sean and I have been a, we've been a student of the Jewish culture. Sean, like I said, for sure, very devoted for seven years of saying there's way beyond what we're learned in church and as Gentiles. And for me, the last couple of years, I've deep dove in. And, and when Matt said this, he said it so clearly He said the reason that God chose the Jews is because their job was to look for the Messiah. When the Messiah came, then their job was to tell the Gentiles. And then the Gentiles' job was to tell their family and friends. So there was a pattern and he was like, it was almost like he was ramping up this crew of people to be like, wait for him, wait for him, wait for him. He came, Yeshua came which means salvation. Then the 12 went out and told, and then the Gentiles are to go and tell. So why is it important that we had the Jews? Because they were the mouthpiece until the Gentiles could be the mouthpiece, which there was a lot more Gentiles in the world. Like he said, the the Gentile or anyone who was not Jewish, uh, if you would have said the Messiah has come, they were like, what are you talking about? Yeah, It wasn't even... It wasn't even a concept to them. They weren't waiting on a Messiah. Um, and that's why he said they went to say, all of your gods are not actually gods at all. Now, here's my question, and I don't know if Jews have this question. Then what happened to all the people pre-Jews tell in pre-Jesus who they were never promised a Messiah? It was like they were irrelevant. Like, that's what that says to me. Like, the so Jews like the people were waiting. Of where? Uh, the people of um, Lebanon. Okay. Before, so so when Thaddeus yep. went to Lebanon, I think right. that's what he said. Well, what happened to all the people that died before? Thaddeus got there? Yeah. So Aaron Rodgers actually asked this question. Hmm. Or this was back in his Rob Bell met him days and yeah. everything. I heard a podcast and he was asking that. He's like, what about the people that are never reached in the, in the bush, out in the jungle? Right, right. Well- I never had a good answer or thought about that until when Matt said yesterday, when I'm like, he's like, well, there's not souls. There's your body. Well, but then what happens? Your, your body's in the grave and then you wait and then you get a new body in heaven. He's like, time and space don't exist. So I go, what the heck? So they, in Lebanon, they never heard about Jesus. Then the Messiah comes. Then Thaddeus tells them the Messiah came, died, resurrected. I'm going to tell you about him. But what about all their ancestors who didn't know? Well, if there's no time and space, were they... 
Were they transported to a time where they do, I don't know, do they stand before a throne and they're told the truth? Yeah. They get a 30 second right. elevator pitch on right. this is the yeah. Messiah. You weren't, he wasn't around. Right. There was nobody telling you prior to your death. Do you want him? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They're in. Right. People of Lebanon prior to the Messiah. Like Classic. that messes with your head that yep. up in heaven, which we're not going to go to heaven. We're going to be on a glorified earth. Right. Like that's the other thing. We're not little cherubs with wings right. floating. We actually, we will live in the new Jerusalem, which once you put your feet in Jerusalem, you're like, I'm going to live on these streets. Right. Right. And I have bodies. to tell you, I'm glad you said that because I have to tell you that that's, that's a part again of my Catholic upbringing and my Pentecostal upbringing. No one expounded on that for me. Mm. And so this, this idea that, that, yeah, I mean, there, there's a, we go, right? Because we go to meet Jesus in the sky. That part's in the Bible for real, mm -hmm. right? Because there's a bunch of mess that's got to happen down here. Mm -hmm. Like there's this redemption of the earth, right? Where God makes it right, makes it good again, right? After evil has run rampant for however long. And so, but when that part is done, you know, then we come back down, right? And this is where heaven is. So like the 920 is in heaven, Right. So like, I don't know the details of that because people will ask me, well, so then, cause I wonder like, do I get to go to the movies then? Cause I mean, they're like, will it just be like a new earth where like, it's all just gardens and butterflies and it's just great. Or will there be golf courses or whatever it is fishing lakes? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know that. I just know that, you know, heaven is here. Like the new creation is here. I'm going to be a new creation and a new creation. I'm going to go back to being Adam in a garden of Eden that is like all over the world. Like the and whole you know, Eden is where is where new the new earth. Right. It will be paradise again. Right. And did you know that the Bible actually, when I did my revelation study, I discovered this. There's, oh my gosh, that's my phone. Yep, that's that, terrible. That's totally okay. Um, my... I did my revelation study and what I learned is that there's actually dimensions given in the Bible for how big Jerusalem will be. Oh, really? Which then some are like, well, if that's the case, then does that mean that whoever doesn't fit? No. Yeah. But there, there are dimensions of the new Jerusalem. And that is a big theological discussion. How does everybody fit? So when you ask the question, will I be in the 920? Right. To me, when I hear that, I think no, but also there are, there are this, you know, if you pull from scripture that there will actually be land masses will come back together. Hmm. You know how oh. the plates have yeah. shifted and we have seas that divide that. us. I forgot what that word is. You think Tectonic plates. Yes. And they divided. Yeah, but there He's was gonna a Google word. now. Yep, You're I'm so Sean. I can be mid conversation. Yep, he gets on I his phone. I'm like, know. would you pay attention? He's yeah. like, I'm Googling what you just asked or said. I'm All like, well, I don't really want to know. Together. Listen, Gentile, have some questions. Think more Pangea, Jewish. Panagia, Pangea, Pangea. Pangea? Pangea. That sounds like a really good Italian. Or is it Panerai? It's P A N G A E A. That means it went apart. That's the name of like the continent, like when it was one huge continent. Right. right. So which, which, and there's in truth my to research, that, right? there yeah. that would be, that would be part of this new earth, right? And really, the tree of life. So get this. Remember, Adam and Eve, tree of life, right? In Revelation, it says the tree of life will line the streams of living water. How does one tree line? So the tree of life will now be a line of trees of life. Like everything's going to come back, and so. 
will the earth come back right. to one form? Okay, so that will mess with all your like, well, I go to heaven. I don't know that we're going to sit up there and wait for the earth to be destroyed because again, we leave this time space. Oh, sure. I'll buy that. There is no right. like So if it's a millennium, right? Because they talk about a millennium, right? Yeah, they talk yeah. about a thousand year reign you of Satan or something. You feel that on earth. Right. We don't feel it up there. Right. We're not like, oh no, our people are still down there for a right. thousand years. We're like, blink. Oh, yep. here we are. Like my dad, before he died, he was super obsessed with this idea that where it says in the Bible that it to be absence absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. He wanted to make sure that when he died, he wasn't like asleep and cold and lonely and dark in the ground or whatever. Right. He wanted to like, and I'm like, dad, I don't think like, like, well, I think for our time, like that doesn't happen immediately, but as far as you're concerned, like you, when you close your eyes here, you wake, you open them up in God's presence. And don't they more and more people, we hear it all the time, a warm light. Yeah. And I felt, it felt great. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and all these things, you guys, like all these things are fun to talk about. Right. All these things are fun to like, oh, la, 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 la. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. Jesus so, would go to synagogue. And right. again, because the scripture is holy. So really that's, Jesus would look at the scripture. Right. It would be, bring him comfort, joy, peace. That's why we go to scripture. And he would be around, connect with the spirits of those who also follow Yeshua, that's what Jesus would do. He wouldn't be like, let's talk about heavenly right. bodies. Right. I mean, we can talk about it, but you're right. Yep. Like, what's why don't we study the character of Jesus That's and it. just stick there? I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna just talk one more second about yep. this because I had a friend of mine, his name is Joe. He uh um comes to church here in the period, he also comes to church downtown. He's also in this current uh episode, I almost said, of Alpha. This almost mm. this current course of Alpha. He's a really great guy, but he's got this daughter that's like hyper spiritual, like mega rah, rah, rah. Anyway, he was telling her about how he was at the gas station and a woman pulled up with a car that was full of everything she owned, right? Clearly she was, you know, in really poor shape and she asked him for money for gas. And so he gave her the, all the cash that he had and his daughter scolded him and said, did you consult God in prayer before you gave that woman money? As though like, like God would want us to only give money to the people that we knew was going to use that for food mm. or was only going to use that for gas or not. And like Jesus, like there was never conditional his love or his grace. Like it was just extended. Right. And so like, I'm pretty sure that our job isn't to dot the I's and cross the T's like we think we're supposed to. We do that out of pride. We do that out of ego. We could do that out of trying to control our own salvation. And Christ was really deliberate about saying it's got nothing to do with your own. He's like, I'll heal you on Sunday. Yeah, and yeah. they're like, Are you sure yeah, yeah. you should heal yeah. on Sunday? Why are you walking? Right. Yeah, if you're on if you're, Sunday. If you're donkey walked into a ditch, would you not pull him out or would you just let him sit there until like the not Sabbath? Right, right. You know? And, and, and I got to correct myself. It wasn't Sunday. Shabbat is Friday night to Saturday right, night. I'm right. sorry. And not it even a whole Sunday. day, which is another thing, right? Because then we think about this day thing and we don't apply it to the Jewish culture where we think a day is like 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And like for them, a day is the difference between day and night. And so like three days, like as a kid, you might have grown up and saying, well, this wasn't really three days in the grave, right? So like we make this big deal about how he rose after three days, but it really was like a day and a half. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because it was like two trans or three transitions from day to night to night to day to day to night, right? So that was the three days. Just because it's done how we understand days mm -hmm. and nights doesn't mean, you know what I mean? We get caught up in mm -hmm. that. And oh, then we, yeah. we run down a rabbit trail and forget about the character of Jesus, which is all we're called to do. Yeah. yeah. And we're friends with Messianic rabbis, Matt and Hyland and others. And they're like, oh, Easter. Easter is, that's not their jam. Mm. 
they definitely wouldn't call it Easter. Yeah. And it's definitely on the wrong day. Wow. So that's a whole different discussion. We've wow. talked about calling it Passover Sunday, but we'll see. Yeah. Huh. Maybe we should talk to Pastor Pastor Rabbi. Pastor, Pastor Rabbi. I feel like if he if he starts a live church in in Seattle, then it could be Pastor Rabbi. For sure. Yeah. Nobody ever says of Jesus in the gospels, wow, that's amazing. I've never heard anyone say that before. That's not their response. Nobody says, hey, this is totally brand new and different from Judaism. We should start a new religion called Christianity. Nobody responds that way. In fact, the way they respond is in Matthew 7 and verse 28. When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowd were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. I'm originally from New York. I say authority instead of authority, so it's a form of tongues that comes from New York. My wife told me I have to explain that to people because nobody knows what authority is, but it's just, he spoke with authority, not as the scribes. Matthew 1 verse 21 says, Similarly, they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. So this, this, this one blew my mind. Every time Matt talks, I feel like he's, there's, he says to me, it's like Sean, right? Like you're like, wait a minute, shut up, right? That's how you feel. Yeah. And so he was talking about this and like, they were amazed by Jesus because he spoke with authority. Like I've read that my whole life. Right, thinking that he authority meaning he knows what he's talking about. Like and just like ending it there. And that's not the authority that they're talking about. Authority meaning like I'm responsible for this. I did this. Mm. That's a different kind of authority. Right? Authority. Like, if, uh-huh. <laughs> like we're it's not just like you speak because you know, you speak because you did it. And like so we just kind of like gloss over that yep. when we read it. And so when they were astounded, like, oh yeah, he spoke like he was a boss. Nope, he was like the boss, you know, and that's a whole different context. So we were in Nazareth and uh, they don't have the same synagogue. They don't know where that was that Jesus, but you know, he, when he was, do you remember in the Bible when they took Jesus to throw him over the cliff? Yes. Cause they're like, how dare he? Yes. Well, I don't, I don't know if this was like a different synagogue than the, the scripture Matt is referring to, or if it's the same one, but he's, he basically, he changed and, you know, in, in our English, we don't know how to change it, but he, he changed that Hebrew as he's reading it to sound more like when he would say later in scripture, I am that I am, yeah, like I'm yeah, the yeah. one. Well, that's what he did in Hebrew. He's, he's basically, you know, reading Isaiah from the scrolls. He's like, it's me, yeah. but he said it in this Hebrew way that we wouldn't really get, but basically he was saying like, I'm gonna read this. And they're all like, oh cool, a rabbi reading the scrolls. Right. He's doing the right thing, just like anybody else that's a rabbi. And then he said, uh, and he's basically reading Isaiah as first person. Right, yeah. They took him, this is how much authority he had. They took him and they tried to throw him over the cliff. And that's where we get a uh, prophet is not welcome in their own hometown. Right. This is where we get that his hometown was like, kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said this because first person, like he changed the pronouns. Yes. So then rather than saying, and then God did this or Yahweh or the person whose names we can't say, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of saying that, he said, I, mm-hmm. me, you know. This was blasphemous for right. people. That'd be like, okay, this would be like Matt on Sunday, us going, okay, well, cool. Like it's a messianic rabbi. He'll have really cool things to say we've never heard. And then him getting up there and saying, it is I who stands before right. you. Yeah. Yeah, claiming we, to be God. Oh, right? yeah. we would lose our yep. minds. Yes. And that's what they were 
they're like, this is the little kid from this town that his mom stomped on grapes down there right. in that vineyard. Right. Like, yeah, his I love dad Lucy. Built that brick wall. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Lucy. Like that. <laughs> yes. They showed us Jesus. Little kids would have, with their mom, taken off their shoes because men were too heavy. They would have crushed the skins, so they would. And that's why there's wine presses. And he came from Nazareth, where it was a vineyard area. Mm. He would have done a I love Lucy stomp on grapes. They're like, that's that little kid who. He got too crazy in the grapes. He's standing up here and saying, "It is I." Yeah, that's the wor- That's the real context of the Jesus we serve. He was fighting for the right to stay yeah. alive, to be heard. Like when we know he suffered all temptation, we think the forty days. Yeah, you know, Satan was like, "I'll I'll give you all the nations. Right. Do you want some bread? You want some water?" He had the temptation to stand up there and go. I wonder, like, if he's fully man, is he reading the scrolls going, God, here it comes. Yep. <laughs> oh, crap, I got to say it is I. And I also am God, so I know they're going to try to throw me over a cliff. <laughs> and then I got to convince them. And I really wish my mom wasn't, and my brothers, right. James, who didn't believe in him until he resurrected, the other James, his brother, right. like, I know they're going to think I'm an idiot. Like, these are the temptations, yeah. the small temptations. And sometimes we think, why do we try to, Again, I keep going back to study the character of Jesus. He's so much better than us, but he suffered, the Bible said, in all forms of temptation that a man would suffer. Yeah. And those are the little guys, the little things he even probably had been like, I can't say this. Yeah. That that I mean, I'm just I'm it's conjecture, but again, that's what Jews do. Well, I bet Jesus was standing up there with a stomach ache right. that he had to say, It is I. Yeah. We we have to stop just reading the words of the Bible. And start trying to like visualize what mm. happened. And mm-hmm. so like I like this podcast isn't being brought to you by the chosen from Dallas Jenkins. But I just want to bring up so like good. there's just so many of those nuances that we just like have taken for granted or never even assumed that Jesus was some kind of like robot that just said, Thine is the kingdom and the power yeah. and, beady, beady, beady. and, that and wasn't you wouldn't want to hang around him. No. And so like I think about like there was this one episode. I think it's season two. Oh crap! I haven't seen season two. Oh, John the Baptist is in it. Oh, and he dies. I oh well, I knew he died. Okay, yeah, I, I, <laughs> he was beheaded. <laughs> he I think was. I knew he died. Okay. Anyway, so uh, John the Baptist visits Jesus and his guys that are in some field or something. And so, uh, as an aside, I will tell you that John the Baptist is like there's like two weak links for me. You don't. The, li- I know you had said I don't like John the Baptist. Yeah, because his beard is like Monty weak. Python and. And yeah. the life of Brian kind of he like- He has a goatee. Yeah, it's just kind of a not, weird, yeah. scraggly, glued on beard. Anyway, <laughs> so like he, John, John's telling Jesus, his cousin, his friend, mm-hmm. right? All these things, right? I'm gonna go and I'm gonna talk to whoever this guy is, right? Like King whoever, right? With his nasty wife and his nasty wife's daughter, right? Jezebel, yeah. Right, I'm gonna go talk to them, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus knows because he is God, like what John's about to go walk mm-hmm. into, right? Not only he get arrested, he's gonna end up losing his head. Mm-hmm. And like- as his cousin and his friend, like he, I'm sure he'd want to say, listen, bro, you can't go. Mm-hmm. Like, but he knows that this is how things have to unfold. Right. But you can see it in this actor's face, like this, like realization. Do I tell him? Yes. Mm. And like, that's the kind of nuance. That's the kind of character that I want to know about Jesus. Yes. That's why people do need to watch the chosen. And I know you told me to watch it. Yep. I, it was this, it's Christian Yes. And it's some you I sometimes watching a Christian show or a movie makes me go, oh or yeah. listening to Christian music. Yes. It doesn't make me proud. Yeah, it embarrasses me and it yeah. minimizes the greatness of, you know, God. Yes. This thing, this I mean, 
when like the sons of thunder to yes. reveal, he called them that because they were hotheads. Yes. Well, we just go, and he called them the sons of thunder. Yeah. No, he was like nicknaming yes. them. They were his, and Sean said this for years, right? These were his boys. Right. Sean talks about, he can relate to Peter, like kind of a jerk, kind yeah. of just a burly, like shut your mouth, yes. Sean, shut yes. your mouth, Peter. Yeah. And this just unpacked it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. watch I love the that. chosen. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you liked Rabbi Matt, you like this Jewish thing. Yes. And can I do a little plug that yeah. we're starting? We've been in the works on this, but we're really, we put a date on it. We moved it back because the pandemic. We're starting the School of Jewish Context, which Rabbi Matt will be a professor. Rabbi Hyland uh, will be a professor. Um, Rabitzin Rita, which is a rabbi's wife. Um, she will be a professor. And um, this will be open to people, whether they're pastors, rabbis, or just yeah. students. And yep. we really think that those who have become fans of The Chosen or really want to know more are going to love it, whether it's like, I just want it because it's interesting, or I want it so I'm preaching contextually correctly. Yeah. And so we have this thing that we've kind of launched, but we're in the midst of launching it, the Exchange Collaborative with our different sites and people like you and right. other pastors from other states who have said, can I be a life church? Rabbi Matt wants to plant a life church Seattle. Um, and because he, he does Saturday Shabbat, right. he does, but he do could do Sunday. Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he said, as he left yesterday, can't really reach Gentiles on Saturday. Right. So he, and his, he, his mandate is to reach Gentiles. Right? right. So he really feels called and he wants to, he's talked to us for a year now about it. So anyway, the exchange collaborative is the overall, umbrella of the different sites and the different pastors we resource and help and coach and that we have restoration um, for journey to wholeness for pastors, all of that. And then one like minor or major of the resources is the school of Jewish context. Yeah. And that will launch February of this coming year. And so that's that. something that will, you know, people can be listening for. Yeah. Stay tuned for more information on that. Listen, this, this whole thing, this idea of Jewish context is it's important for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as followers of Yeshua, is that we have to stop dismissing the Jewish part of Jesus and the Jewish history as though it's like dusty and old and doesn't really apply to us because Jesus came and he was a new wine and new skin and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And like we do all these things to dismiss it. And it is the foundation that we need to stand on. And so like... Like we said at the top, we're immigrants to this faith. And so we've been shown the way by the by the Jewish people, our Jewish brothers, if we can, that came before us and sisters. I didn't mean to make that all gross and manly. But so like we have to look at that. And so like this, that's why this this idea is so important. So because like I feel like as Christians, some were like I remember as a kid thinking, Oh, the stupid Jews, they killed Jesus. Oh, yeah. Of course we shouldn't like the Jews. Like well, what do you yeah. wait, The no. Romans were anti Semites. Yes. Hello. <laughs> so we have a Roman Catholic church. Let me just go there before we close and somebody should shut me off right now and you can cut it. If we're gonna throw anything away, throw away the Greek, the Plato and his philosophies, the Aristotle, sure, you know, the Romans and the, the, let's, let's throw all of that. If we're going to throw anything away and say, oh, I just want to get to the nuts yeah. and bolts. Okay, good. Throw away all the junk, throw away even the Jesus movement of the sixties and their thoughts and the seeker sensitive. Cause we got people that they're, they hate that mega churches that started with being seek. Yeah. It's all these methodologies. And, and it's this way in which they said it was 12 disciples. It was all men. 
And then there were all these women that followed and Pharisees and Sadducees followed Jesus all over, just yes. walked with him. Yep. But they've made it like Jesus and his 12 at the table because they wanted to get rid of the other women and the Pharisees and Sadducees who weren't just evil right? because see, they were trying to villainize Jewish teachers of That's the law. It. They weren't that awful. They were like, he's blowing their mind in everything they've taught and been taught so we, so, but I call this the Disney theology. We've got to find the prince or princess and That's we've it. got to find the villain, yep. but here's the deal. They were all confused. They were all looking for a Messiah. And so the Romans got to make the Jews look bad. And then for years we've tried to create new, the Mormons tried to create their yep. own thing. If you just have, if you feel like you have to subtract things, subtract everything except the Hebrew Jewish context. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I love that. I, there was like 16 things I wanted to say while you were talking, but like, um, you know, downtown, uh, we call, uh, what we do downtown in green Bay, uh, unchurch. And it turns out, I found out this week that my, I have an older sister. Um, and, uh, apparently she hates that. Like she's told my other sisters how much she hates that something's called the unchurch and it like makes her skin crawl and it makes her blah, 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 blah. And like, I mean, I get that to a degree and it's unchurch, not because it's anti-church, it's unchurched because there's a bunch of stuff that we've made up to like make ourselves feel better or to make ourselves feel like this is how it's supposed to be. If Jesus walked into most churches today, he'd be like, what in the world is this? You know, and we think that we've got some kind of holy line on how we're, we're interpreting church. And so when Rabbi Matt's dad says, what would Jesus do? He'd go to, he'd go to synagogue. Right. And so like, Synagogue didn't look anything like the Catholic church or the Lutheran church or this church or any church. It didn't look anything like that. Right. These, these are just the ways that we've come to be comfortable with expressing it. But don't ever think that this is somehow like the Jesus appointed way to do it. And so if we're going to throw away everything, throw away everything except the character of Jesus. Yes. And let's and look to that. And remember that the early church, there never was a church. Matt taught me this. There wasn't a church. There was the way. Yeah. And so throw you, if you were to tell me, we st we're start calling ourselves the un, the way. The way. I'd be like, well, that's unbiblical. Right. Okay. The unchurch. I get, you're like, okay, for people who don't. Yeah. But the way is actually what started. Yes. And we created this thing called the church that came from the Romans. It's all right. that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's totally all that, yeah, it is. right? Everything's yeah. borrowed from another culture that came before it. The fact that we have Easter on Easter, right, is because, you know, the Romans were having some other festival on Easter. Well, it was the fertile, it was, right. it's yeah. an honor of a fertility right. queen. Yeah, yes. same with Christmas and same with everything. Well, yeah. you know, we're having this party anyway. We're already decorating the streets. Let's just reclaim this date now for Jesus, right? Well, like all this stuff over time is like Jesus wasn't born on December 25th and he didn't rise from the dead on a March morning, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. my point is, is that, um, hopefully we've left people with more questions, more questions. than answers. And, and guys, if that's questions. how you feel good, yeah. we did our job. Yeah, for real. 100%. We were Jewish for a day. Yep. That's it. I love it. <laughs> Listen, if you, um, if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love it. If you would share it with uh, your friends and your family, just, you know, click the little share arrow on your podcast platform and just send it to them. So yeah, I just listened to this. This is fantastic. I never heard these things before. And we would love that because the more people that click in, listen, the more people this will be exposed to. We also would love it if you would rate or review this podcast on any one of your favorite podcast platforms, because that again, makes it available to more people. We love letting people know more about Jesus. We love spreading the life-giving message of Jesus to the people everywhere, because it's worth hearing. It's worth fighting for. It's worth digging into. It's worth asking questions about. Pastor Sonny, thanks for joining us today. Thank we'll you. talk to you again next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.